Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Hapasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. When Jesus was walking on earth, if you notice, he did three main things: he taught, he preached, and then he healed the sick and cast out demons. But the Bible always gives this sequence of his ministry: number one, teaching; number two, preaching; and number three, healing. He always taught first. Taught means explaining the word of God, and then he preached means proclaiming the truth of God, and then he performed miracles. Why did he do that? Many parts in the Bible, the scriptures say that the multitudes. Came to him to hear, so that they can be healed by him. The Bible says they come to hear and then be healed. Why we need to hear the word of God? A lot of people want to have a quick Big Mac, drive-through service, drive-through church, drive-through Christianity. God heal me now. God perform miracle now. But God doesn't do that way. God wants us to hear first, to keep hearing and hearing and hearing, so that we will have more faith, because we receive everything from God by faith. Amen. Actually, you don't need to have an anointing of healing, like certain people have the gift of healing. You can see miracle if you have faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. So that's why in the service like this, we preach first, we teach first, so that you can hear and build your faith to be able to receive from the Lord, and then that faith will grow, and you go out of this room and you walk by faith every single day, and you can see miracles in your life. Lately, God has taught me about faith a lot. I become more and more conscious of the importance of the word faith in the Christian walk. Without faith, we cannot please God. Amen. So tonight, I would like to continue the series called "Knowing the Holy Spirit," and I want you to listen carefully, because I believe this teaching is very important to you. Amen. Without knowing the Holy Spirit, we will miss a lot of blessings on earth here before we go to heaven. We need to know the Holy Spirit, and in the past few times, we have learned that the Holy Spirit is a person, and God. Desire is to pour out His Spirit upon His people. In fact, if you are hungry and you desire to have more of the Holy Spirit, He will give the Holy Spirit to you. He said that the Father on earth here, the earthly Father, will not give scorpion or give bad stuff or stone to the children. But when the children ask for bread, the earthly Father will give. How much more the heavenly Father? Will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. So actually, God is not a respecter of people. If you are hungry and you ask, you don't need to be rich or you don't need to be well-to-do financially or highly educated to receive anything from God. It's about the heart issue. The Bible promised that in the end time, He's gonna pour out the Holy Spirit upon the hungry. The land that is hungry for the Holy Spirit, in Isaiah 44 verse 3, this is the promise of God. 
For I will pour water on the thirsty land. How many people are thirsty land today? Are you thirsty? I cannot be thirsty for you. You need to be thirsty yourself. I cannot force you to be thirsty either. You need to be thirsty yourself. And streams on the dry ground. And then he interprets himself. What does it mean? Water and thirsty land. He said, I will pour out my spirit on your offspring. And my blessing on your descendants. We can see the connection between water, thirsty land, spirit, and offspring, and then blessing. When the Holy Spirit comes, He will come with the blessings of the Lord. Therefore, Christians who know the Bible will not reject the Holy Spirit, will not go against the Holy Spirit, but we want to welcome the Holy Spirit. Tonight, I would like to tell you about what we should not do to this person called the Holy Spirit. The Bible says clearly, many, many parts of the Bible, warning us not to do these things against the Holy Spirit. Because if we do something against the Holy Spirit, He's such a gentle man. He is so gentle and loving that He will depart from you quietly. If any local church or any Christian rejects the Holy Spirit and say bye-bye to the Holy Spirit or resist the Holy Spirit, He will leave the church and He will not force you to receive Him. You need to willingly receive the Holy Spirit and His ministry. So I would like to read many scriptures tonight for the teaching. This is a teaching. The first thing we need to avoid doing against the Holy Spirit is in Hebrews 10, verse 29. How much more severely do you think a man deserves to be punished? You can see that God can put up with man to the certain level. Even though God is long-suffering, even though God is so patient and long-suffering, but He has a limit and He can put up with man who despise Him or insult Him once it comes to the point he will punish those people who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified him, and who has insulted the Spirit of grace. The first thing we need to avoid in our Christian walk is to insult the Holy Spirit, is to treat Him with utter contempt, and to say that, Holy Spirit, you are not good. You don't help me. You talk bad about him. You insult him. You put him down. You look down on him. You don't do that to the Holy Spirit. Amen? We should honor and lift up the Holy Spirit in our life. We should open our life to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I hear some Christians say like that. Oh, that kind of healing business? Again? That kind of laying on of hands stuff again, that falling stuff again, that file of God. I heard people say, Pastor Lao talk about the file of God all the time. Again, those stuff again. Whew. I tell you, if you keep saying something like that, you're insulting the work of the Holy Spirit. You can get into trouble one day because you know that the Holy Spirit is so loving and gentle. And if you offend him, like somebody offend Pasada, 
it will be interesting because she is so gentle and loving. How many people agree with me that my wife is very gentle and loving? So who dare to insult her? I think they're gonna have to face the third degree black belt <laughs> if they insult Pastor Da. Amen. No question about it. So don't insult the Holy Spirit. Number two, what we need to be careful in our life is not to lie to the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter five, verses three to five and nine to ten, talking about Ananias and his wife, the Bible said. Then Peter said, Ananias. How is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Don't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? This man was a rich man. He sold the land. He had the sum of money. And he can choose to give all, or give twenty percent, or fifty percent. He has a choice to do to make. He gave only some, but then he lied to the apostle, and he lied to the church that he gave all of them. Actually, when you lie to the church, you lie to the things of God, to the presence of God, in to anointing of God. You lie to the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you walk into this church, and you talk to me. Oh, pastor, I like you. I really honor you. But in your heart, you say, "Oh, this guy, I don't like him." Actually, you don't lie to me. You lie to the Holy Spirit in the church, and that's what happened to this man. He lied to, even though he lied to the leadership, but he lied to the Holy Spirit at the same time. Verses nine to ten, the Bible say, Peter said to her, "How could you agree to test the spirit of the Lord? Look." The feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young men came in and finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Wow! What a big punishment! People died because they lied to the Holy Spirit. To do something against the Holy Spirit is a big deal in the eyes of God. The first time a while ago, when I read Hebrew chapter ten verse twenty-nine, the Bible talk about God will punish those who insult the Holy Spirit. In this scripture, the Bible talk about the punishment of death, losing life, because this couple lied to the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we need to really watch. Our thoughts and our mind, our mouth carefully. Don't play game in a church. Don't come in and talk whatever you want to talk carelessly, without thinking ahead of time that uh, am I honest? Am I really talking the truth, or I play game in the church? We have to be very careful. The third thing that we should not do against the Holy Spirit is in Matthew chapter twelve, thirty-one to thirty-two. The Bible talk about unpardonable sin. This sin will not be forgiven. Matthew twelve thirty one to thirty two, and so I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven, man. If you blaspheme the Father, or you blaspheme the Son of the Living God, you will be forgiven. But the blasphemy 
against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. This is a serious problem. Mark chapter 3 verse 29 says the same thing. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. He is guilty of an eternal sin. Blaspheming the Holy Spirit means to attribute the work of the Holy Spirit as the work of Satan willfully. You see the Holy Spirit is doing something and you know that it's the Holy Spirit. But you still willfully say, oh, that is the work of Satan. That is the work of human being. It's different from people who are ignorant and blaspheme the Holy Spirit out of ignorance. God will forgive. But the word blaspheme here means that you talk willfully against the Holy Spirit even though you know that that is the work of the Holy Spirit. When I read sometime the blog in the website talking against some minister, talking against some work of the Holy Spirit, I really feel sorry for them because they are seeking problem to say that that is the work of Satan, the work of demon. So we have to be careful not to come against the Holy Spirit. Amen? If you don't know, shut your mouth. If you're not sure, don't say anything. I remember the first time I went to a revival meeting in another city. And I saw a lot of things going on in the house of God there. God told me, don't say anything. You don't know, don't criticize. You need to study. You need to understand. Don't criticize them. So you have to be careful of what we say against the work of the Holy Spirit. Apostle Paul is a different issue. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13, Paul said, Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. Even though the Apostle Paul blasphemed the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit, but he did it out of ignorance, out of unbelief. So God forgave him and God showed grace to him. I believe that the true blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is rare in the body of Christ. But it may happen to some people who have really stubborn heart, who really was taught against the things of the Spirit of God and come into the church building and see something the Holy Spirit is moving, but talk against what God is doing in the meeting. So we have to be careful. Amen? If you don't know, shut your mouth. Don't say anything. The next one, besides insulting the Holy Spirit, lying to the Holy Spirit and blaspheming the Holy Spirit, is to resist the Holy Spirit. Actually, this scripture talks about non-believers. But we have to be careful that we, ourselves as believers, end up with this attitude ourselves. You know, if you don't watch yourself and you don't repent every day, you can end up having this kind of attitude that I'm going to read from the Bible here, and it's scary. Some Christians end up this way, very stubborn, very stiff-necked, and 
very hot and hot because of the bad attitude inside. So Acts chapter 7 verse 51, you stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears, which means unrepentant heart and unrepentant ear, and very stubborn, stiff-necked. You are just like your fathers. You always resist the Holy Spirit. This is the comment of Stephen before he was stoned to death. These people were against the work of the Holy Spirit. God used Stephen to preach the gospel, to perform signs and wonders. But these people were against the Holy Spirit in him. Like the Pharisees, the religious leaders in that generation, they thought they were religious, they thought they knew God, but they did not know God. They were resisting the work of the Holy Spirit in some people's life. We have to be careful if we have stiff neck and uncircumcised heart. We can talk against the work of the Holy Spirit, resist the work of the Holy Spirit. Maybe we send email to everywhere. Don't go to that meeting. That meeting, the Holy Spirit is not working there. And then you cause a lot of people not to come to know Christ. Or you may go and tell your friend that, Oh, don't go out to be prayed for. That is not good to be prayed for, to be touched by the Holy Spirit. You resist the work of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says you are in trouble because God will one day do something to punish you. And that is not my word. It's in the Bible. Zechariah chapter 7, verses 11 to 13. But they refused to pay attention. Stubbornly, they turned their backs and stopped up their ears. People can be stubborn. People can shut their ears off. They made their hearts as hard as flint or stone and would not listen to the law or to the words that the Lord Almighty has sent by His Spirit through the earlier prophets. God is talking about a group of people who have a stubborn heart, who shut their ear. The heart is so hard and they don't want to listen to the Word of God. They don't want to listen to what the Spirit of God warned the church and talked to the church. And what happened? So the Lord Almighty was very angry. The last thing in my life that I want God to do to me is to be angry with me. When I called, they did not listen. So when they called, I would not listen, Say the Lord Almighty. Wow. God said that, if we go against the word of the Holy Spirit, one day when you get into trouble and you call to God, He will not listen to you. He will not come and help you because He will not allow people to go against or resist the Spirit of the living God. We need to repent as soon as possible. We need to get right with God as soon as possible. Amen? The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, chapter 29, verse 1, a man who remains stiff-necked after many rebukes will suddenly be destroyed without a remedy. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be destroyed. When the protection of God is lifted, the devil attacks and suddenly something bad happens because we have stiff neck, because we have a hardened heart. God warns us, tells us, you know, sometimes God may warn us to the preaching, to the Bible, to the Holy Spirit. I mean, all this through the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit speaks to people. 
Sometimes even through the new believers. Sometimes through your wife, you are doing something against the Holy Spirit, and your wife come to you, honey, honey, wake up, don't do this, and you still have the stiff-necked kind of person. You are very stiff-necked, and you just rebel and rebel against God. You don't listen to the advice of people or the correction of people, and God says suddenly. Destruction comes, so we need to be gentle, humble, and listen to the warning word of people. Amen, amen. This is a heavy teaching, but that's okay. We need to hear heavy teaching sometimes. That's why when my wife warns me something, I will say, "Yes, dear, I repent." <laughs> Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord Jesus. Sometimes we don't see our own problem. We need somebody else to warn us. Amen. Number five. Now, we should not insult the Holy Spirit. We should not lie to the Holy Spirit. We should not blaspheme the Holy Spirit. We should not resist the Holy Spirit. Another one. We should not quench the Holy Spirit. First Thessalonians chapter five verse nineteen. Do not put out or quench the spirits. Fire, the Holy Spirit come like a fire, and sometimes we quench the Spirit fire. So, what does it mean here? It means that as a believer, we can either intentionally or unintentionally stop the work of the Holy Spirit or quench the work of the Holy Spirit. He is doing something in the church. He may be doing something to you personally, and you just push him out and quench him. He may be talking to you, and you just ignore and quench his voice, or he may be touching you, and you just don't want him to touch you anymore. You get out of his touch as soon as possible, quenching the work of the Holy Spirit. Or maybe he is doing something to somebody around you, but you step in by your flesh and doing something that quench the Holy Spirit. This just happened to Pastor Da last Sunday. We were in the revival meeting in California. Oh, God was moving so strong in the meeting. About 70 people, people were touched by God. Pastor Da was on the floor, filled with the Holy Spirit, was laughing in the Holy Spirit. And then one lady, God is casting out demon out of her, and I was away from her, so I kind of leave her alone, let the Holy Spirit work. And suddenly, a woman in that church came to that lady. And began to talk to that lady, even though we already warned everybody in a meeting: don't lay hand on anybody, don't touch anybody, don't bother anybody, don't speak to anybody. Let the Holy Spirit work. When that lady began to talk to the lady who was delivered from demon, out loud in the meeting, Pastor Da was on the floor next to her, next to that lady. She came out from the Holy Spirit because she heard all this voice talking, 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 and. She got bothered and got distracted. The Holy Spirit was quenched by the voice of this lady. That's why in this kind of meeting, we don't allow people to lay hand on each other. We don't allow people to minister to each other because we want to give the Holy Spirit the time to minister to people without quenching Him anywhere in this room. We allow God to move and do whatever He wants, unless the pastor like me who run the meeting. Led by the Spirit to come to that person to do something, and even I myself, you notice, I don't speak that much. I may give a word of prophecy a little bit, and then walk out and go somewhere else, and let the Holy Spirit touch people. 
And at the same time, if you are touched by the Holy Spirit on the floor or kneeling down or crying, don't quench him. Don't push him out. Yield and flow into the Holy Spirit. Let him flow through you and let him touch you as much as you can. There are many factors, many reasons that people quench the Holy Spirit, such as fear, lack of understanding or ignorance, are not taught the Word of God enough, so they don't understand the work of the Holy Spirit, and they're so fearful, and they quench the fire of God right away. Or two, it can be the work of the enemy, that the devil come into the meeting. A few days ago, I was asked by our member that, Pastor, can you explain to me about the manifestation in a meeting? How do you handle the manifestation? Can I explain to you a little bit so you understand? In this kind of meeting, the minister or the preacher need to understand both the work of the Holy Spirit and the work of demons. A lot of revival services in America went into a big problem because the minister don't understand the work of the devil. When the Holy Spirit touch people, people can fall down, people can laugh, people can cry, check. But at the same time, demon in people's life can react to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit want to kick them out. And when that happens, you need to know that manifestation is not the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, but it's the manifestation of the head-on collision between the Spirit of God and demons. So when you see that as a minister, you need to cast them out instead of honoring that spirit, that, that is the Holy Spirit. When people start to do like chicken and barking and making noise of animal, and the minister thought that those noise come from the Holy Spirit, then they honor that kind of manifestation as the Holy Spirit. The demon step into the church and start to manifest freely without being stopped or kicked out from the church. So when I go to Thailand and I minister to people, I will look at each person and I know right away this is the Holy Spirit. This is the head-on collision. This is the flesh. And I can give you a, a few examples. When people get touched and have a head-on collision between the Holy Spirit and demon, I give you an example. This manifestation is the sign of God casting out demon from somebody. This manifestation. People jerk in a tummy. Like this. Jerking. If a person jerking like this, it means the demon is coming out. And my job is to say, get out right now. I command you to go out right now. Okay? This kind of jerking, some minister thought that it's from the Holy Spirit. No. It's demonic. Or if people began to trash around, kind of struggling, that is demonic. So you have to cast out demons right away instead of giving them the honor that this is a sign of the Holy Spirit. Or people have weird movement, like the head spin, or jerking in the really bad way. The Holy Spirit has character of God. He is gentle. He's loving. Any manifestation that is very rude, very dishonorable, are from demonic. So you have to cast them out as soon as possible in the meeting instead of honoring them. Amen? So we need to learn how to cast out demons, but at the same time, we need to learn not to quench the work of the Holy Spirit 
at the same time. This kind of meeting has to be run by people who really have experiences. Not everybody should do this kind of meeting, run this meeting. Actually, it just happened to me in Los Angeles, but I did not have a chance to deal with it because so many people. What happened? The devil sent one lady into the meeting, and this lady never repent. She never repent. She never want to change. And one of our new members standing there, and I want her to be filled with the Holy Spirit, speak in tongue. When I lay hand on the first lady, she fell down and she kind of quiet. But when I lay hand about two person next, when I lay hand on the new believer or new members, she fell down and start to minister to her to speak in tongue. Suddenly, demon in that lady start to act out, very weird voice, yeah, something like very weird voice. And make this another lady came out from the Holy Spirit. So I learned the lesson that I told the pastor. From now on, if you want me to lay hand on anybody to be filled with the Holy Spirit, make sure you separate them out from guests because we don't know what the guests coming for. Some guests sent by the devil to destroy the meeting. So those people we have to keep them away from sincere people in the meeting who want the Holy Spirit. Because we don't know everyone in the room, some people may come with the wrong motive. Come to test God. Come to do something to bother people to quench the Holy Spirit. Amen. Quenching the Holy Spirit is not a good idea. Amen. And sometimes people use human reasoning because when the Holy Spirit is moving, sometimes it's against your reason, and you have to flow with Him without mental reasoning and go along with Him instead of fighting with Him. Quenching him, pride is another reason that you quench the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can work only with humble people, who are willing to be changed, who are willing to be ministered to. But if you are very prideful, arrogant attitude, you will say to the Holy Spirit, "Don't touch me, don't bother me. I can handle myself. I know what to do. You don't need to touch me. You don't need to do anything in my life. I can run my own life." Pride quench the Holy Spirit. The work of the flesh. Quench the Holy Spirit. Sin quench the Holy Spirit. Satan try to quench the Holy Spirit around you. Fear, unbelief, and human reasonings. Amen. So we have to be careful. These five things we should not do. And I want to show you many scripture that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are three distinct individuals. They have Different personalities, even though they are one God, but they are distinct individuals. I'm gonna show you the scripture in a minute here. Many scripture. Each of them, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, has his own role or function in the world. Look at the first scripture in Acts chapter seven, fifty-four to fifty-six. When they heard this. They were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. Him means Stephen, but Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, listen carefully. Stephen was standing on the earth, full with the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God. He saw the glory of the Father. He could not see the Father. No one in the world could see the Father. Our eyes would be burned by the glory of God. Okay. And at the same time, while he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he saw the glory of the Father. He also saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, 
I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God the Father. You can see from this scripture that in one incident, the Holy Spirit was on earth with Stephen. In the same incident, the Father was sitting on the throne and then he saw the Son standing at the right hand of the Father. The God hates the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are distinct individuals. Amen. Look at another scripture. John 14, 26. This is the speaking word of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ was talking about the Father and the Holy Spirit. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father... You notice that Jesus did not say the Holy Spirit and the Father are the same person. He talked about the Holy Spirit separate from the Father who will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit and about the Father who will send the Holy Spirit. This scripture shows that there are three distinct persons. Luke chapter 3. 21 to 22. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descended on him. The Son of God standing in the river, the Holy Spirit came upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven at the same time. The Son standing the Holy Spirit came upon him and a voice from heaven from the Father said, You are my son whom I love and with you I am well pleased. You can see here that God the Father, God the Son and the Holy Spirit are three separate individuals or personalities. If you ask me, Pastor Lao, could you please explain to me how come one God has three parts and three separate personality? Can you explain to me as a highly educated people? I will say to you, I cannot explain. With my little brain inside here, my brain, I don't know, maybe how many pounds, very little brain. I cannot comprehend why in the world one God has three parts and there are distinct personalities and individuals, and they are at the different places at the same time, and work in the different ways, and have different personalities. I could not explain. It's a mystery. It's the incomprehensible mystery and unexplainable truth that we need just to accept by faith. Amen? No explanation. I cannot explain to you. Now, I want to conclude this teaching by showing you in the Scripture how important the Holy Spirit is. The more I study about the Holy Spirit, the more I realize that every Christian needs to know the Holy Spirit and need to work with the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you this question. How many people have uh, a loved one, like your wife or your girlfriend? Raise your hand up. Or a husband? Okay. Okay. You have a spouse? Okay. Or girlfriend or boyfriend? Choosing between a letter that was written by your girlfriend and the person that wrote that letter, which one you choose? The person? 
it's nothing wrong to read the letter. Today, somebody emailed me from a pastor emailed from me from Thailand, and when I read the letter from that pastor, my tears come out. I was so touched by the love of God in that church. The reason because one of our old members here who backslid came back to church. So I was so touched to see this. She is the first believer that accepted Christ in our church. But at the same time, it would be better to be able to sit down with that pastor and talk face to face. Second question: Choosing between neurosurgery textbook that was written about how to open the brain and clip the aneurysm in the brain, and have the neurosurgeon. If you go into the operating room, and the nurse put a textbook on the table and say, "This is the book to clip the aneurysm," or you choose. The neurosurgeon who has clipped five thousand aneurysm, which one you choose, the textbook or the neurosurgeon? Okay, definitely the neurosurgeon have to read that textbook for sure. <laughs> Otherwise, he in, in trouble too. Don't take me wrong. I am a man of the word of God. We need to teach the word of God, and Christians need. To know this book, the Bible, but this is the book. The book is not enough. We need the person. Many churches and many teachers emphasize the word, the word, the word, the word, and ignore the Holy Spirit. And that's why many Christians are struggling with their life because they know the word, but they don't know what to do about it. We need the person in our life. And that person is not far away from you. He is on the inside of you. He is the closest person. He is one closer to me than my wife, because my wife is not in me. She is next to me. But the Holy Spirit is in me. He is close to me. But the problem is, many Christians don't know him, don't have any clue who he is, how he works, and don't even have any fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And just ignore the Holy Spirit all of their life until they die and go to heaven. That is the big problem. That's why their Christian life is not going anywhere. Struggle and struggle and struggle. Amen? Amen. If you look in the Old Testament, you can see that the Father loves the Holy Spirit so much to the point that He would defend the Holy Spirit from any attack of man. Isaiah 63 verse 10. Yet they, mean men, rebelled and grieved the, His Holy Spirit. So He, the Father, turned and became their enemy and He Himself fought against them. When you are against the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is so loved by the Father that He, the Father, will do anything to protect the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was so loved by the Lord Jesus Christ to the point that when the religious teachers and Pharisees and Sadducees and wouldn't see and couldn't see blaspheme the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus said, you can blaspheme me, you can blaspheme the Father, but if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, your sin will not be forgiven. The Lord Jesus defended the Holy Spirit in a big way, the Holy Spirit was so loved by Peter 
to the point that he talked to Ananias that you lied to the Holy Spirit and he dropped dead. The Holy Spirit is so loved by the Apostle Paul to the point that Apostle Paul wrote in the Scripture, "Do not grieve the Holy Spirit." In Ephesians chapter four, verse thirty, and do not quench the Spirit fire. In the book of First Thessalonians chapter five, that I read a while ago, you can see that the Holy Spirit is loved by the Father, is protected and defended by the Father. He is protected and defended and loved by Jesus. He is protected and defended and loved by the saints in the early church, Peter and Paul. Why? Why this is shown in the Bible? Because he is the most important person to you in this world. If you ignore him, you reject him, you are in trouble. He is the person that you need him so badly, but you don't know about it. Amen. We need the Holy Spirit, and the devil will do every way to stop you from knowing the Holy Spirit. He will put out bad doctrine in the church, wrong teaching in the church, bad preaching in the church, anything to talk against the Holy Spirit, so that people will not come to the Holy Spirit. Because he know that if you know the Holy Spirit, you work with the Holy Spirit, you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you are anointed by the Holy Spirit, your life will never be the same. You're gonna live a victorious life. The devil knows that. Before you can work with the Holy Spirit, you need to know Him personally. You need to know who He is, how you can work with Him. I have physician assistant. Helping me with surgery, this man helped me for 10 years. I tell you, this man, his name is Kent. He know me so much to the point that he could speak my accent during surgery. <laughs> he knew exactly what I'm gonna say next. When something happened, I like to say this sentence: "So much bleeding." I say this all the time: "So much bleeding." And before I say it, he say, "So much bleeding." He knows me. He worked with me for 10 years. He know next step. What I gonna do? When I put my hand out, he would tell the scrub nurse he need a pair of scissors. He know right away what I gonna do next. He know my movement, my way of doing surgery so much that he can tell exactly what is the next step. We need to know the Holy Spirit that much. What is the next step he gonna do? We gonna follow him, and we will not quench him, so that we can work with him. Amen. Before one can correctly understand the work of the Holy Spirit, he must first know of all the Spirit Himself. Why is so important to know the Holy Spirit and to work with the Holy Spirit? He is the key person who teaches you the Bible. He is your teacher. He is the person who gives you grace and wisdom and blessing and strength. He gives you life so that you will not be sick and you will not be weak. The Holy Spirit. Is the force behind the power behind the deliverance work of Moses? The Holy Spirit is the person who worked with Joshua to lead the children of Israel into the land of Canaan. The Holy Spirit is the force behind the wind that divided the Red Sea. 
the Holy Spirit is the force behind the smashing wall of Jericho. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives the energy and power to that rock that hit Goliath down. The Holy Spirit is the one who works in the life of Samuel, Elijah, and Elisha, and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ from generation to generation. And the Holy Spirit who is the one who anointed Jesus with power to go out and cast out demons, heal the sick, preach the gospel, and teach the word of God. The Holy Spirit is the one who, who raised Jesus from the dead. He is everything. The Holy Spirit is involved in every function and part of the ministry of the man and the woman of God in the Bible. The Holy Spirit works with the Father and with the Son. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives Stephen the bonus and to endure the persecution to death. And the Holy Spirit is the one who anointed Paul to preach the gospel and endure all the persecution. The Holy Spirit is the power in that shadow of Peter that fall on the sick and the sick get healed. The Holy Spirit is gentle and powerful. He's the one who anointed Charles Finney to be an evangelist and preach the gospel and people fall under the power everywhere. He is the one who anointed John Wesley to preach the word of God in his generation. The Holy Spirit is the one who was with Catherine Kuhlman, who walked under the basement of a hotel, and when the cook walked by, all the cook fell under the power. The Holy Spirit was the one who anointed man and woman of God to do His work. We should long to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We should work with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit should be the person who will give you success, wisdom, and direction, and a power to do His work and to do your work. The Holy Spirit is the key person in your life. That's why before Jesus went up to heaven, He instructed the disciple that He will not leave them alone, but He will give them the comforter and counselor to guide them, to comfort them, and to teach them, and to remind them all the things that He taught them. The Holy Spirit is the one who Reveal who Jesus is in your spirit. Lately, since I have been in the fire of God, I know in my spirit more and more, and know Jesus more than even 10 years ago. In fact, I listened to a testimony last Sunday, and I was crying when I listened. This young lady got saved about a year ago, but she had doubt, and she could not believe in the Bible that much. She could not understand who Jesus is. She was a Buddhist. And one day she received our CD, listened to the CD. She liked the teaching. She heard that I was going to LA. So she came to the meeting. She was a new believer and have a lot of doubt in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. When I started to lay hands on people, people fell down and demons come out. She looked at that. She thought, wow, I think I came to the wrong meeting. This is weird. I think he hypnotized people. This guy, I thought he is a good man that preached the word of God, but I think he's goofy. So she walked toward the door. Her friend ran out right away first. Her friend was not a believer. And she walked to the door. By the time she hit the door, the Holy Spirit spoke to her. 
was I the one who sent you to here? Why you are walking out? She walked back, and I lay hand on her. She fell on the ground. Demon come out of her. While she was on the floor, she saw a vision of Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross in front of her, and cried for her and loved her. When she got out from the floor, she said, "Today, my faith has changed. I know now who Jesus is. Now I'm a full Christian." Who revealed Jesus to her? The Holy Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit was the one who told Peter that Cornelius need salvation by the vision. I want to conclude this sermon by comparing the Father, the Son of the Holy Spirit to three things. We compare the Father as the Son, the Son S U N. That's why when the Bible talk about the Father in Acts chapter 7, verse 55, but Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God. Anyone in this room can see the sun. No one can see the sun. You see the light. You see the glory of the sun. Your eyes cannot focus on the sun. But the Son of God, Jesus Christ, is compared to the light. The light is the representation of the sun. And the Holy Spirit is compared to the heat. When the sun shines, you feel heat. So you can feel the Holy Spirit. When the presence of the Holy Spirit shows up, you can feel the heat, the fire. And that's what I feel all day long. Even in my office, during surgery, I feel the fire of God in my body all the time. I feel the presence of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Yes, we don't walk by feeling, we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. But if He show up, you can feel the heat. You can feel Him. The Son is God, the Father. The light is Jesus Christ who revealed the Father, represent the Father. And the heat is the power that God wants to work in your life to clean you up and to change your life. Amen? John chapter 1, verse 18 says, No one has ever seen God, but God the one and only who is at the Father's side has made Him known. You cannot see the sun, but you can see the light. Jesus is the light of the world. You see Jesus, you see God the Father. And you can feel the Father by feeling the heat of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So tonight we learn that we should not insult, resist, quench, blaspheme, and lie to the Holy Spirit if you don't want to get into trouble. The Holy Spirit is so gentle and loving and so important in this world for the believers, for the church, to the point that God the Father, God the Son, and all the believers and disciples in the early church loved Him and defended Him. And all the ministry, all the success, all the wonderful things that happened with the men and women of God in the Bible came from the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus raised the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus healed the sick by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus spoke the word of wisdom. Look at this coin. What the picture on the coin? Caesar. Give to Caesar what belonged to Caesar. Who gave him that word of wisdom? The Holy Spirit. Jesus walked on the water by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit should be involved in every aspect of our life. 
He is very important person, the most important person on earth here to you and me. Now I want to say one more thing and lay hand on people. One day God showed me. You know the Holy Spirit is so gentle, and He can work with you only to the level you yield. If you resist, He pull off. So the more you yield, the more you yield, the more He can work with you, and the more He can help you. Then one day I have a conversation with God. God, why you lead me to have this kind of meeting that people fall down, people lay on the ground? And He showed me that this is the practice. If you yield to the Holy Spirit in the meeting, and how you can yield to go to the bottom, to the lowest part that is the ground. If you learn how to yield to Him in the meeting, and He can do whatever He wants while you're yielding to Him, then when you go out, while you are maybe cooking, and maybe your mom is gonna be in trouble in the accident, but God wants to stop her from having an accident, so He's gonna use you to call your mom and say, "Don't go to that place." So he begin to talk to you while you are cooking and say, call your mom right now not to leave her house and stay home. But because you're not yielding in the meeting, you're not going to yield in the kitchen either. So you say, no, forget about it. I'm not going to call my mom. But what happened? Maybe your mom went out and get into a car accident because you don't yield to the Holy Spirit to talk to her. The more you yield, the more He's going to work, the more He's going to help you. That's why Falling down in a meeting is about yielding. Amen? It's not a religious ceremony. It's the posture of saying, God, you can do whatever you want in my life. The more you fight here, the more you're going to fight out there. He cannot do anything if you fight with him, resist him, and quench him. You need to yield and let him burn. He can do whatever you want. Okay, don't have this kind of religious attitude. Why I have to fall? I mean, if you're great, you just push me down, you just knock me down. It's not about knocking you down. It's about yielding. God doesn't have to knock you down. If God wants to work in you every time he, he has to knock you down, I think you're going to have a lot of head injury. <laughs> every time he talks to you, for example, I perform surgery and God says, do this, and say, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. He has to knock me. Then after a while, I'm going to have a lot of bump on my head. Because he had to knock me every time before I listened to him. Don't say that. God knocked me down before I fall down. You just yield to him. You know, it's a practice. It's like surgery. When I started performing operation about 20 years ago, it took me about an hour to open the skull to see somebody's brain. It took me one hour. Now, I can open somebody's skull within 50 minutes. You know why? Because practicing. The more you do, the more you are expert. The same thing with walking with the Holy Spirit. The more you yield, the more you learn how to hook up. You can hook up to Him anywhere, anytime, faster. So please understand, this is the meeting that train you practicing, yielding and hooking up to the Holy Spirit. Amen? Don't come with the attitude to, what are they doing here? People fall down. Oh, this is not Bible. Use doctrine. You can do that for another 10 years, you will never work with the Holy Spirit. But people who are humble and say, God, whatever you want, I fall down. I yield. They'll go outside. Holy Spirit tell them, oh, the police is up there. You are driving. 
45 miles an hour, but the sign is 35, you forget, and you slow down because the Holy Spirit talks to you and you yield, then you miss the ticket. Yield to God here, and you will yield to God out there. Amen? Sometimes yielding to God means you have to lose your face. You have to feel embarrassed. Many times God tells you to do something that looks embarrassed. So if you are afraid of being embarrassed here, you're going to hold your dignity out there. God tells you to do something, you're not going to do it. Amen? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. One time a patient walked into my office. He looked very, very mad. He was upset. The Holy Spirit told me, smile and laugh. He looked embarrassed. The neurosurgeon walked in and laughed. I did. I smiled and laughed. <laughs> you know, right away, his countenance changed. He become relaxed and smiled at me because I listened to the Holy Spirit. You need to yield to the Holy Spirit. Amen? Okay, now you understand this meeting, why we come here. Revival night. Learn how to Work with the Holy Spirit. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Who is the most important person in your life? Should we know the Holy Spirit? We know the Holy Spirit by two ways. Listen to the Word, studying the Word, and two, spending time with Him. This meeting, the presence of God is so strong that you can spend time on the floor with the Holy Spirit. The more you spend time with somebody, the longer you spend time, the more time you spend, the more you will get to know that person. I love revival service because the more I am in the service, the more I know Holy Spirit. And now I can ignite the Holy Spirit fire very fast. I can sit in the car and suddenly I ignite and I start to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because I'm in this kind of meeting all the time. I practice so I can be sensitive and I can ignite the Holy Spirit in my life anytime. It's about practicing. Amen? How many people want to walk that way, like Jesus? Anytime. Sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Every single word Jesus say, every single action Jesus did, every movement Jesus did, was led by the Spirit of the living God. There's no even one action and one word that Jesus make or say that is out of his own flesh. Everything, he was led by the Holy Spirit. Can we live the life that way? I think we can, and we should, and we should grow into it. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Am I convincing you that the Holy Spirit is important? He is important for your being a husband, being a wife, being a parent, being an employee, being an employer, being the minister of God, being the servant in the church, driving on the street, talking to people, emailing people, everything. Holy Spirit, let lead you. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He can heal you. He can set you free. He can take away all the junk out of your life so that you can become a new person. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Who is hungry? Who is a thirsty land in this room? Thirsty land. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You sent, Lord, the Holy Spirit into your church, Father. You sent the outpouring, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit 
into the church to touch your people to fill your people father yes lord <laughs> thank you lord jesus thank you lord thank you lord jesus you spirit of the lord do your work in me i yield to you feel spirit of the lord do Whatever Touch the devil tries to do is bad. Holy Spirit, Lord, you set them free, and I pray, Father, that their parents will serve Holy you and love Spirit, you all the days of their life. You'll do something, Father, move upon for revival to come life. into their parents. Spirit, the parents will not only do the things of the world. But they'll serve the Lord. Touch them in their home. Touch me from Touch above. Touch their parents in their home. Holy Spirit, fill, fill me with your love. Revival in Taiwan. Revival in that city. Revival in that nation, Taiwan. Fire, fill, fire inside. And I yield to you, fire, spirit of the Lord. Fill right now. Do your work in me. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at two zero six. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To a mall gathered in your name.